0: all right hello everyone welcome to our podcast resource potential uh, in this podcast we talk to uh talk to and hear the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs studying a variety of different industries and specialties now uh, you get to learn about the businesses they run or are part of uh, as well as gain some valuable advice that you can take from forward into your business or career uh, now a little about resource yyc we are a co-working space for professionals in downtown calgary offering private offices, dedicated desks, meeting spaces, and unique drop-in plans. Uh, we also offer virtual office services for those needing a professional mailing address. Uh, so if you're in the west end of downtown, come check us out. So now I'll turn it over to Ron, who's talking to Davis and Ian from Raft Media.
1: Thanks, Shelby. I uh, appreciate everybody joining us today for this podcast. Um, we have another chance to uh, actually just profile some uh some of the clients uh, in Resource YYC and we have an exciting company today, Wrapped uh, Media, um, who are doing some cool, cool things, actually. And we're just proud to be able to talk about it there. So so thanks, uh, Davis and Ian, for joining us today. Yeah.
2: Thanks so much for having us.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you. Yeah. And, and you know, um, so I I know just a, a little bit about Wrapped. Uh, your marketing company that focuses on wrapping personal vehicles kind of as moving billboards and you really connect, uh, advertisers with the gig economy of vehicle marketing. So, um, so maybe, uh, did one of you guys just want to give us a little, uh, overview of the company, and then we'll uh, learn a bit about you guys as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ian, I can take this. So for sure. Um, a little bit about the company. So, We um, essentially are like a moving out-of-home advertising company. And what we do is we essentially give brands and agencies uh, a super unique opportunity to advertise utilizing the gig economy, like you were saying, Ron. Um, Typically, our campaigns look like – typically, they have three components. One is we wrap Uber, Skip the Dishes, DoorDash vehicles, and advertisements for brands. And then these folks go out and drive a lot. So our minimum is like 500 kilometers, but often these drivers are going double, triple, quadruple that – um, you know, DoorDash drivers are in their cars eight to 12 hours per day. Second thing we do is we bring vehicles to events to take over them. So um, these events can be like Flames games because, you know, we're in Calgary, but it also can be like Blue Jays games, Canucks games. We actually just swarmed a conference in Seattle that's for medical professionals. So we can bring vehicles to events. Last thing we do is we layer on exper- experiential elements to campaigns. So we might have advertisements in vehicles or actually have our drivers hand them out. So they really bring campaigns to life. So. That's typically how we operate and what we do.
1: That's uh that's amazing. So basically every moving vehicle out there becomes a potential wrapped uh marketer advertiser for you. Yeah, I you know, everyone
2: <laughs> everyone definitely could. Uh, yeah. We we've done some cool stuff like we full wrapped a Jeep Wrangler. Wow. A Dodge Charger, which looked fantastic. I think we have an Audi too. Ian, do we have any other like super cool vehicles in the fleet right now
3: yeah i mean every campaign seems to have a really unique vehicle uh the jeep wrangler stands out we've done an audi and infinity um a lot of teslas which are which are really cool when they're wrapped so yeah those are a couple highlights for sure so
1: tell me a bit how in the world so you guys had you guys worked together before or how did you guys come together maybe maybe just tell us each tells a bit about yourselves and how you came together on this company. So uh, it seems like somewhere along there, this way, two, two guys with a great idea got together and uh, started a company. So um, maybe Ian, um, start with yourself. Uh, how did you end sure. up uh, getting together on this?
3: Yeah, it's a kind of a funny story. Davis and I are both from Kelowna, British Columbia originally. So we grew up in, in the same city. We played a lot of sports together. Uh, Davis and I were on the same football team for a number of years. So we have like some hilarious stories of running drills together in practice, tackling each other, probably leading with our heads when we shouldn't have been, uh, maybe ringing each other's bells uh, from time to time. But uh, no, Davis and I sort of met actually back, you know, middle school, high school playing sports. Um, I then came out to, to Calgary, studied at the UFC. Uh, you know, Davis and I weren't really crazy in touch at that point in our lives. Um, and then I started working at an advertising agency when I first graduated. And we focused similarly on out-of-home advertising. We ran digital, um, and then I you know, was able to work with clients, build these different campaigns, and also just became familiar with the business model. I think that was the biggest thing for me was just understanding how to run an advertising company and what it took to run an advertising company. Um, and we did a lot of conferences, trade shows, and I'd heard about this concept of vehicle wrap advertising. And in the back of my head, I was always like, you know, especially down in the U.S., it was starting to blow up. And I was like, why isn't anyone doing this in Canada or at least doing it, you know, sort of how they're doing it down in the U.S. Um, so, yeah, about a year and a half ago now, uh, approached Davis with the opportunity. I'll let him fill you in on his side of the story as well. And um, obviously, we, we'd been friends for a while at that point. And, you know, the timing was sort of just perfect for us. And we ultimately started this company together. Well, Davis,
1: what's what's your side of this story?
2: Well, that's all I mean, that's all good stuff. I mean, <laughs> starting from the beginning, we we were actually in the same baby class. So like we were literally like babies, and our parents were there together with us. Um, I remember football when we were 13, we were running a drill and we both ran head on. And <laughs> this is so vivid in my memory. I just remember like hitting him and then being like, oh my, I am so dizzy. <laughs> um, so i don't remember much from the, my football days but i do remember that um and i think yeah like all the, very similar so i had just finished at doordash i was there for five years um and after i was done doordash i took some time off and went traveling and i was in Colombia. and ian starts up a, a facebook group chat with me ian and another body and says hey like i saw this idea should we do this and at the time i'm like you know i'm not even thinking about this right now you know i'm enjoying my time traveling But the more that we talked about it, the more that we liked it, because it's a proven concept. It really leverages Ian's experience with out-of-home advertising, leverages my experience with the gig economy because I worked at DoorDash. And it felt like something we could just do right off the bat. You know, like we can build a deck. We know how to deliver on the product. We could start selling this right away. So I think it really did leverage our skill set. So when I got home, we started and, you know, started really working on this or started kind of working on it in April, May. And then June, July of last year, really started to wrap it up. So it's been a little over a year.
1: Wow. So that's, so it's been a slow burn from right when you're babies, uh, but things are ramping up fast. And the founders, uh, you know, it's interesting founder stories because a lot of times uh, um, just figuring out how to work together. It's part of founding a company. So it sounds like you guys got some of that covered. You already know know each other, know how to work together. Um, how do you guys divide up? Uh, so, so when you started the company, how did you actually divide and conquer this uh, great opportunity?
3: I'll let you take this one, Dave.
1: Yeah, like
2: I think initially it was just figure it out. Like there was so much we just had to figure out. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't say there was much like we wouldn't there wasn't a very clear roles and responsibilities. And I don't think even today there is that much roles and responsibilities. Like we both need to be consistently selling campaigns. Yeah, um, We both need to be consistently delivering on campaigns. So when we sell a campaign, we need to make sure vehicles get on the road on time, high quality advertisements, all, all those great stuff. I would say Ian has a particular eye for marketing, like brand, like the brand and the artistic components, but also like the mechanical components of what you need to do to be a good marketer. Um, so I think he definitely takes a lot more of that. Um, so yeah, but it's just, it's so early that like, we both need to be doing like the core stuff to build a business, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, um, once anyone who's come from a big company, uh, is sometimes a shock startups cause you really do have to do everything. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh,
2: you know, we haven't folded up an accounts receivable and we're like, okay, like I'm now accounts receivable today. I'm also accounts payable payroll too you know like it's everything
1: so i I asked you a little more about some of the learnings but how do you uh how do you target your first clients and where did where did you start on this
3: yeah it was it was definitely uh a little bit of spray and pray initially i would Mm -hmm. say um i think one of the major benefits is Davis and I both have pretty strong sales backgrounds. So, and especially too, like Davis has a really robust knowledge in terms of leveraging technology to help us sell more efficiently. Mm -hmm. So stage one was really building, you know, a really baseline technology stack that will allow us to like send emails and connect with people on LinkedIn and all of that. And once that was built out, it was just a lot of trial and error, like trying a specific industry, reaching out to contacts in that industry and just trying to capture some of the low hanging fruit from people that might be interested. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a big part of it. We also, um, Davis especially would, would go drive around Calgary look and see who's advertising on buses, advertising on billboards, keep the radio turned on, who's advertising on the radio, um, write all those names down, follow up with those businesses directly. So, I think initially that was it. And even to this day, I mean, it's it's a big part of our strategy is still LinkedIn, still cold emails, kind of old fashioned sales tactics. Um, But now we're definitely getting much more granular in terms of very personalized messaging, reaching out to specific industries, specific contacts, um, as well as reaching out to some of the big and small boutique marketing agencies that represent a lot of the big, you know, more Fortune 500 type uh, labels that you see advertising all around each city.
1: So and you you started out in Calgary then and gone from there?
3: Yeah, I think our initial thought was we'll start locally just because we're based here. The contacts that we need to connect with will be local. It'll allow us to put a face to the name, shake some hands and getting that first deal will likely be, you know, much easier locally versus trying to sell to someone in Montreal or Toronto or that sort of thing. And that's sort of the way it played out, but we also quickly realized that Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver are definitely the meccas for out-of-home advertising in Canada. So we quickly uh, shifted our strategy to be much more broad in terms of reaching out to people all across the nation. And now now we have campaigns active in in all markets, Montreal, Toronto, uh, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, and then small markets like Airdrie, Okotoks, Surrey, Langley, Cochrane. Oh, wow. so yeah, it's 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 all across Canada now.
1: So, um, how have you seen? So, it's always exciting to get your first clients. Uh, but yeah. it sounds like you're actually starting to land some even national uh, clients and uh, big city clients. So, uh, so what have you what have you found? What, um, generally, you know, when you start a, a new startup, you're trying to solve a problem for a customer. But did you find that they understood it right away what you're doing, or did you have to do a lot of explaining?
3: I think our clients that gravitated toward this product initially, already had perception. it was already integrated in their marketing in terms of they used out of home, whether it was billboards, whether it was transit, um, whether it was a bus stop shelter, I'd say our initial clients already saw a ton of value in out of home advertising. And this was a new channel that allowed them to deploy their message in a more memorable, impactful and creative way. Um, so I would say, and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say like a lot of our clients, especially first-time clients, already have been leveraging out of home and see a ton of value in it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Did yeah. They, um, so it's interesting because normally you try to differentiate yourselves from other um, companies, but you guys were kind of first to marketing Canada on this stuff. So have you found it a, a wide open blue space or is it pretty competitive?
3: It's still very competitive, I'd say. I think okay. in general, we don't really have... A, yeah, like a direct competitor, quote unquote. But the out of home space in general is very competitive. It's very relationship oriented. So, you know, there's players that have been here like OutFront and Patterson and a number of others that just have you know a such a strong Rolodex, great relationships with vendors, mm-hmm. um, and and there's already a certain level of familiarity and brand associated with those those labels. So for us, it's it's about becoming reputable, becoming, you know, viewed as as a legitimate player in the Canadian out of home space. And you know, that takes time. But um yeah. it's uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say you landed some clients. So what uh, what made
3: them choose you? You guys sound like you're a little different though. What 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 th- makes you special? I think some of the big things that differentiate us is our our ability to target a specific type of consumer. So because we're working with gig economy drivers and specifically rideshare and, and food delivery. I think there's a really natural fit with quick service restaurants who want to advertise on food delivery drivers. So an example would be if someone's dropping off a pizza and it's getting delivered in a vehicle branded in taco time, that's a really unique engagement that the consumer is going to have when they see a pizza getting delivered, but it's being delivered in a taco time vehicle. That's, that's memorable. So I think brands have gravitated towards sort of that conquest, that unique interaction consumers are going to have with these vehicles. And then the other thing I think is these swarms, um, where we're actually bringing vehicles to events because we're dealing with private, independent contractor drivers. You know, our, our creative and our inventory is very agile. So we can bring it to an event where, you know, you might have to spend a, a hyper premium on a billboard that you want near that specific venue. However, we can just say, hey, drivers will pay whatever to, to go and just drive circles around the venue when people are driving or sorry, walking and whatnot to a Flames game, a Leafs game, whatever it might be. I'm going to pay so more that atten- agility is a big part of it. I'm going to be paying more
1: attention to these
3: vehicle swarms. Now, I think when I go to stuff, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you see one, take a picture and send it to us.
1: Yeah. a bit of your handiwork there. Um,
3: yeah.
1: Hey, so Davis, you've been in the office. I'm curious. So, um, things have changed so much in the last few years around, uh, you know, coming out of the pandemic and labor and growing companies and people and, uh, met a few of your staff. You got some pretty cool people. How are you finding, uh, growing your company and getting the
2: uh, staff. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's with staff. I find it's like, I think what we found is that one good, one great, like you need excellent people initially. And one excellent person is worth so many people that are like good or like average. Like it's just, um, so I think for us, something that's super interesting is like when we try to find people, like referrals are so important. Um, smart people and you know, hardworking people typically know other smart and intelligent mm-hmm. people. I think a big thing that we've also learned is like learning to consistently nurture your network of folks that you've worked with, staying staying in, in contact with folks, um, so that when you do have a new open posting, you're able to to find those people right away. Um yeah, I think on like growing employees and ensuring that like employees are happy, a big thing for us is like giving junior folks ownerships of outcomes. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, employee, we or you know, hey, person, we need this outcome. Like, what do you need to help us get there? Um, And then also understanding what employees want, like, you know, where do they want to go in their career and their life and helping them get there. So it's been definitely exciting, like having new uh, employees, but always a challenge, like fighting and, and keeping great people.
1: They're not all one, one degree of separation from Kelowna, are they? The Okanagan.
2: No, these two we actually didn't know, but uh, yeah, yeah, we could have a little Kelowna, Kelowna mafia going at one point.
1: <laughs> Watch out, Calgary in Canada. So <laughs> yeah, so so um, any? Do you have any funny stories or anything from your startup? Uh, I mean, you guys have done amazing already, but uh any challenges or funny stories along the way that that you gotta you gotta keep track of when you're gonna become a huge company. We definitely have
2: one. So first deal, I mean, we kind of landed a couple of deals like very close, but first deal we really landed. And at the at the start, we were just trying like anything, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what would stick, right? Like trying new value propositions, new ways to pitch, and we ended up signing this agreement with this technology company, like startup, venture capital backed in the United States. Um, And it was for 75 drivers in the United States. So 25 in Charlotte, 25 in San Francisco, 25 in Chicago. And the timeline was crazy. It was like 17 days to to get there. And we had like never launched a campaign before. So me and Ian, like, (laughs) you know, no office. We like sit at my house, my then girlfriend, now fiance sitting there. And and we're like, okay, what are we going to do? So, like we, f- so we then flew to Charlotte like the next day. Um, and we were just acquiring drivers. So, Ian, you can't see here. He's six foot five. Um, <laughs> and we thought Charlotte was going to be warm, but it was like one degree Celsius and oh, he, no. so it was freezing. And we're standing outside restaurants pitching drivers to join this yeah. camp.
1: You literally, literally just stood out there and worked the street for drivers costed drivers. Hey,
2: <laughs> who are you? Do you want to do this? Wow.
1: Yeah. So I'm curious. It's, it's always that, you know, there's that phrase "Take it till you make it, but however, there's also in a small business, don't, don't spend cash till you have it. And don't, um, don't waste an opportunity when it comes. So, so, so looking back, I mean, that sounds amazing. A great founder story. Did you learn lots from that? Any, anything out of that that you go? Wow. Um, that, what we weren't expecting that. Sure. You got this buddy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think yes. The answer is yes. Um, I think one of the biggest learnings that it taught us is that we don't need to actually go to these markets to find drivers
1: because <laughs> what ended up, up
3: happening was we, we did all this, like, yeah, we like hit the ground and we were standing inside like ghost kitchens and McDonald's and whatnot, trying to talk to these drivers as they went yeah. in and out. Um, we also posted on some job boards just online and we found that the lead quality and lead volume we were getting from these online job boards was way higher than any lead that we'd get from actually just like cold pitching someone out in public. So it was funny. We ended up like (laughs) spending most of the time in Charlotte, just in our Airbnb calling all these uh, leads (laughs) that were coming in from the job boards, which we obviously could have just done from, from Calgary as well. But, ultimately that like we have we still use that same strategy with the job boards and whatnot to get drivers for campaigns to this day. So that was, I think probably one of the biggest learnings in terms of how to acquire drivers. Um, and I think it also just taught us like, you know, we were, our backs were against the wall. We needed to deliver on this campaign and we just sort of adopted a very much get it done mindset right in that moment. And that's a mindset again, that we still use to this day. Like when, when push comes to shove and we need to get something done. And our backs are against the wall. We we know what it takes to just like go all in on a project until it's, it's, it's good and ready to go. So I think those are probably my two biggest takeaways from it. And I how did the camp, how did the campaign go?
2: Yeah. I mean, well, well, I think we like client client loved it. Gave us like a nine NPS out of 10.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: I think we acquired like 108 drivers. Wow. And also like two ulcers in like my lower intestine. probably. <laughs> Um, So it went well. I think some other funny points to just note that are hilarious. One is like, I thought I had an international calling. So then I get my phone bill and it's $700. I'm like, okay, that's a learning right off the bat. I think second is like, this company was this classic venture-backed company needs to grow incredibly fast. Um, We start getting wind that there might be something not great happening. And then we, we have like an accounts receipt. We have, they paid their first invoice, second invoice you know, they're probably like net 60 late. They're they're late 60 days. Yeah. And we're like, hey, we need to collect on this. So we get the CMO on the phone and he's like, hey, like we're raising a bridge round of financing. It's going to come through. Mm. And we're like, Okay, well, if you don't pay your direct mailer vendor, like that's not going to impact them. If you don't pay us, that's like a huge impact to our company. Yeah. So they end up paying us. They raise that bridge round of financing. But then probably 75 days later, they go out of
1: business. No, oh. <laughs> it literally like ceased operations. Okay, um, so so there's a little tip. Uh, I was gonna ask you if you had any advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, but uh, accounts receivable is huge, and you're not the only one I've uh, thought heard talk about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think accounts receivable. Also, I think I would just tell anyone that's like considering, mm-hmm. it's like way better to be in the ring than to be like looking in the ring like Mm -hmm. i for so long would listen like entrepreneurial podcasts and like think about doing it but it's way better to be doing it than like looking at it you know like it's just way better to just have your hat in the ring and
1: like go getting after it ian you had some dad there no
3: no that i i 100% agree yeah
1: so where do you guys where do you guys see yourself in five years
3: yeah, I think, it's, I think it's interesting. Davis and I were talking about this question in particular before the podcast because it's still so early for us um, that it's, it's hard to know uh, exactly where we'll be in five years. Um, I think there's a few things that are really exciting to us right now in, in the trajectory of our business. I think one of our main goals is to be one of, if not the biggest transit or moving out of home advertising company in Canada. Whether that takes us five years to get there or not, I'm not sure, but that would definitely be a a big, hairy goal for sure. Um, We also see opportunities to continue to diversify our product line throughout the gig economy and further support gig drivers by offering them, you know, different products that they can offer to their riders and whatnot that allow them to increase their earning potential uh, as gig drivers. Um, There's also the potential for mergers, acquisitions, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I think at our core, our goal is to, to grow this business and be one of the major players in the moving out of home transit industry, for sure.
1: Good. Well, so far, uh, so far a great start and it's exciting, uh, exciting to hear about what you're doing and we're thrilled to have you at Resource YYC. Um, Hey, so is there anything we didn't talk about that people should know about your business in case they do do other, how do they contact you if they actually want to uh, have a, a, a swarm at some event, a wrap swarm?
3: Yep uh best way to contact us probably by email or you can jump on our website my email is ian at wrappedmedia.ca mm-hmm. and then davis is davis at wrappedmedia.ca and then our website's wrappedmedia.ca there's a couple different forms people can submit to uh get in touch with us there but yeah email website probably the best for sure
1: said yeah i think we'll of course uh on this podcast we'll share your links as well so uh good any final words uh
3: ian nothing for me Good, Thank you for Davis. having us, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad we could.
2: Davis, any final words? We just, um we love Resource YYC yeah, and we're not for sure. paid to just do this at all. Um, Actually, on the contrary, we actually pay to be a part of Resource YYC, <laughs> but we, we absolutely love it. Like, space is fantastic. People here are great. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's a really phenomenal facility. So anyone that's looking for it, looking for a place to stay, like, we are definitely big promoters. So thanks they so much. Have,
3: they have the best stocked fridge with, Bubblies, pops water <laughs> whatever whatever are whatever you fancy they have it so you, you and there's
1: the odd little one that contains alcohol so it makes beers with <laughs> beers on thursdays okay so,
0: yeah. good.
1: well thank you guys very much and i will uh, appreciate the plug for resource yyc you know little shout out for uh rosemary and shelby actually it's uh we're same with you getting great staff great great staff makes all the difference and uh and there's some great people at Resource YYC, including you guys. So uh, come on down, check it out, and meet uh, meet the guys from Rap Media. And uh, uh, thanks again for telling your story. Thanks, thanks guys.
0: It was great hearing from you. And yeah, thank you for saying such nice things about it. We tried so hard to keep the fridges stopped,
1: as you say. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. Thanks again.
2: Bye, everyone. Thank you so much. See ya.
0: Mm-hmm.